I'm glad to see that you're all alive. That's a good start. I'm going to make a bold, bold prediction tonight. You're all going to die. <laughs> Now, of course, we don't know when we're going to die. No one knows how much time we have left, uh, how much time we have left in this life, how much time we have to uh, start living life correctly. How much time we have to living the life we know that God wants us to live. Now, we just got done with uh, spring break. I mean, I think in some ways we can think of, uh, maybe in some ways it's spring break being a trial run for summer. And I think if that is true, then uh, I think some of us may be in trouble. <laughs> I know uh, if um, that's, you know, we go back to maybe our family, our, our friends that we had, maybe before our conversion, before we, you know, had a life with Christ, like we have here at the Newman Center. Um, or maybe, you know, when you went on a vacation and there was a lot of temptation around. And maybe you didn't fare so well. I mean, that's, in some way, I mean, obviously in some ways it's not okay. But in some ways it is okay. We know that God's mercy is even greater than our sin. Even greater than our failures. The Lord calls us back. But to also to learn from that, right? We learn that we are not self-sufficient. That we cannot keep sin at bay on our own. And so spring break was not terribly successful for you when it comes to your spiritual life, to your relationship with Christ. Obviously in some ways that's not okay, but in some ways that's okay as long as we visit uh, Jesus in the sacrament of reconciliation, as long as we learn from that and begin to learn what it is that we need to do uh, to live a life of Christ, to live a life of grace, Maybe even when we don't have the support of the people, the community that we have here at the Newman Center. And so what is it that you need to do to learn from spring break to prepare for this summer? The semester is not over. There is a lot of, uh, I suppose, homework and studying to do and uh, projects and many things like that. But the semester is not over in your spiritual life either. What is it that you need to do between now and the end of the semester to prepare for the summer and some ways to prepare for the rest of your life? The rest of your life in Christ. What recommitments do you need to make? What commitments did you make maybe to a missionary, maybe to a friend? What commitments did you make that you need to maybe say, like, I, I need to start over, I need to recommit myself to that. Or maybe it's your Lenten um, observances, your Lenten fasts that maybe haven't gone so well up to this point. Or maybe they were going well, and maybe they kind of got dropped during spring break. Restart them today. We have, um, you know, Uh, four or five weeks left of Lent and so restart today, recommit yourself to those things. The Lord is constantly calling us to renew, to recommitment. And why? Because He wants what is best for us. He loves us. 
And it, you know, it's great that we run towards Christ out of love. But some of us, um, we just need to be reminded that hell is the other direction. Right? We need to, in some ways, a little fear is, can be a good thing. And we see in the gospel, we see the rich man, you know, in the throes of hell, in the fires of hell. And notice that the rich man is, remains unnamed. It is the poor person, Lazarus, that goes to heaven. It's the poor person who is named. And that's so, in some ways, contrary to our world. You know, all the, you know, you can find a list of the, you know, whatever, top hundred wealthiest people in the world. You can find names for all of them. But God does the opposite. It is the poor that is named. And the rich that remains unnamed. And maybe just, I thought, one kind of cool detail is why is it in the Bible that all the rich people, they make a point of, you know, these purple cloaks or uh, purple garments. And I did a little research and I found out that at least at that time, uh, purple dye came from Murat's nails. And you had to smash 10,000 snails to make enough dye for one purple robe. So that's why it was so expensive. Like only the royalty could afford uh, purple garments because it, it took so many of these snails to make just even one purple garment. And so again, it is the rich uh, that remains unnamed and Lazarus who remains named. And so we see uh, Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. He is resting with God, with Abraham. And that should be our goal. In the span of eternity, this life is very short. In the span of eternity, this life is very short. And so what are you doing in this lifetime to prepare for eternity? And maybe that's just the question, are we preparing for this life or are we preparing for eternity? Now I understand that we know we need to study, we need to, so we can get a good job, so that we can put food on the table. And so, I mean, there are some practical things that we need to worry about day in and day out. But in the larger picture of things, when it comes to our virtue, when it comes to our character, when it comes to our relationship with Christ, are we preparing for this life or are we preparing for eternity? Again, we are all going to die. The question is, where are we going to go? Where have we been preparing our whole life to go, to spend eternity? No, hopefully it's, you know, I mean, this is a parable of Jesus, but hopefully we've planned and prepared to spend eternity with Abraham, with Lazarus, with God in heaven. That's where we need to go. That's where we want to go. And so are we doing that? Are we putting Jesus in the center of our life? Are we allowing him to change us, allow us to grow in virtue, to grow in holiness? Are we allowing Jesus to be the center of our life, the reason for our life? You know, we look at the world, and people, some people are lukewarm, they just kind of, you know, kind of 
I don't know, slither through life maybe. But then there are people who have zeal. And we want to be one of those people who have zeal. And people have zeal about a lot of things. You know, I mean, some people actually have zeal about the Vikings, even though they lose all the time, right? But we should have zeal for Jesus Christ. We should have zeal for heaven. We should have zeal for holiness. So ask the Lord, how is it that you can better prepare for eternity? How can you grow in zeal for Jesus and for the gospel? How can you let Jesus change you? In some ways that is the message of Lent. Is how do we change to better prepare for Jesus' resurrection? How do we change so we better prepare for an eternity with God in heaven?